Hello, and welcome to the Chronicle of the Horse podcast. I'm Molly Bailey, senior reporter for the Chronicle of the Horse. Our podcast today is brought to you by Cowboy Magic. Ready for the show ring, but realize your horse has a grass stain? Well, with Cowboy Magic's Green Spot Remover, last minute cleanups are as quick as a spray. Trusted by Olympic eventer Boyd Martin, this waterless shampoo instantly dissolves organic materials. Green Spot Remover is formulated with shea butter and silk panthenols, leaving your horse's coat shiny and soft. Now you're truly ready for the show ring. Available to purchase online at cowboymagic.com. That's cowboymagic.com. With three World Equestrian Games and two Olympics under his belt, not to mention three gold medals from two Pan American Games, Boyd Martin hardly needs an introduction. This 40-year-old event rider from Cochranville, Pennsylvania, just scored back-to-back wins at the Virginia Horse Trials and the Horse Park of New Jersey Horse Trials 2. He's joining us today from Windura Farm, where he lives with his wife, dressage trainer Silva Martin, and his two sons, Knox and Leo. Thanks for joining us today, Boyd. No worries, Molly. It's uh, good to be on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. So you're coming off back-to-back wins within days of each other at the Virginia Horse Trials and the Horse Park of New Jersey Horse Trials too. Tell us a little bit about your winners, Luke 140 and Penhill Celtic. Um, actually, uh, Fernhill Presley won the second one. Oh, Presley, uh, sorry. They, yeah, they messed up the scores. I've got to give them a ring. Um, but uh, yeah, Luke 140 is a very, very exciting horse for me. Um uh, we we bought him in Germany, right up the top of Germany. Let's see, uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, he's only a little guy. He's about fifteen three, with big shoes on, uh, and he's just an absolute pistol of a horse. He's a fantastic mover, great jumper, and uh, great galloper. And uh, you know, he looks like a very very exciting horse uh, for the future. And then um, the second horse, Fernhill Presley. Um, he uh, he did really really well at Jersey. He uh, he zipped around and won the uh, won the three star short. And sadly, uh, I ended up hurting my leg a bit again at that event. So I just had surgery yesterday and had uh, had a bit of bone taken out. There was a bit of bone lodged in one of my groin muscles. So uh, they plucked that out. And so I've got to have just a couple of quiet weeks here and uh, yeah, try and finish the year off well. So you just had surgery yesterday and you're already up and have you been back at the barn and everything? Yeah, I did uh, a bit of physio this morning and uh, taught taught a couple of lessons today and yeah, just slowly hopping around and it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a bugger because obviously I um, had a surgery about three months ago on my hips and then I thought I was good to go and uh, sadly there's been a bit of calcification uh, been growing in my groin muscle and it was sort of half stabbing into my in a thigh and it was killing me and um so i had a, an mri on monday morning and then yesterday i went under the knife and they plucked it out and stitched me up again so i've just got to got to take it easy for a couple of weeks here and then hopefully finish the season off with a big bang sounds good you've had a lot of injuries in your career do you know how many bones you've actually broken oh i don't want to count to be honest but yeah you're right <laughs> I, every, I mean especially the last few years that Seems like um, the old body starting to let go a bit, but um, to be honest, this this last injury that I had um, from the weekend was a little bit unlucky. It was sort of more scar tissue from an old injury that's calcified, and then then 
a bit of bone sort of formulated and, and poking me in the inside of the leg. So, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, you know, you know, roll with the punches here and, uh, and it's sort of one of those years where a few things are going wrong for me, um, which is if there was ever a year to have a couple of things go wrong, this is the year. So I'm, uh, I should be fighting fit for next year. There you go. So how have you been spending your quarantine? Oh, we're very lucky here, to be honest, Molly. We're on 100 acres here in Pennsylvania and um, it's almost, you know, like our own little colony or cult. Um, we've got lots of horses in work, a really, really good group of staff and uh, we've just been working. We've probably been working harder than ever um, just on the training of the horses. Obviously, a lot of competitions been cancelled, but, um, you know, we've been uh, just, just trying to improve the horses and there's parts of it that have been really good. Like I think the horses themselves are a bit fresher. They're all sound <laughs> and um, they're uh, all improved a lot. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm rearing to get them all out back to competing again pretty soon. And have you been having some fun during quarantine as well? Those who follow you on social media will have seen Knox give you a haircut. Yeah, no, I've been spending a lot more time with my kids, actually. It's been good. Um, you know, we haven't been rushing off to dinner parties or spending the days teaching. And, uh, yeah, every every morning and every afternoon I'm uh, wrestling around with our two kids. We, we got an above-ground pool and uh, we built a massive jumping tower which is uh, providing plenty of entertainment and uh, had the kids out riding a bit and I uh, know it's been good there's parts of it that I've uh, I've really really enjoyed and uh, it hasn't been that profitable to be quite honest uh, but the uh, the quality of life has, has been good just because it's been less frantic than usual. So no one's going stir crazy at the Martin household? No like I said I mean we're lucky we live we live on a big piece of property. There's a cross-country schooling course here. There's a couple different stables, and uh, and uh, we've been very lucky with the owners. All of the owners have left their horses in training and uh, understood that this is a great opportunity to, to keep improving the, the training of the horses and, you know, obviously just put a pause on the competitions. So while you were out with your last surgery, your last injury, Philip Dutton was competing some of your horses. Did you get to watch? And what was that like to watch your horses going with Philip? I mean, he's, uh, I mean, obviously I think he's one of the best riders in the world, um, especially cross country. Like I've never seen anyone that's come close to how good he is. He, uh, so he was a great mate. Um, you know, I was basically out of action for two months and he came over once a week and sort of just cross-country schooled three or four of my horses for me. And it was a real education just standing there and watching how he approaches, the, the you know, each horse. And, you know, I think I baby them a little bit too much and, and Big Phil just hops on and, and, you know, takes on the hardest, most difficult jumps and, and seems to be able to leave them alone. And then um, he rode uh, Luke for me around an advanced at New Jersey and did a brilliant job. He won the class and... Uh, and then I rode Luke last week at uh, Virginia Horse Trials and uh, he's way, way, way more educated. So, you know, I'm lucky. I've got a good good team around me. I've got my wife who's a great dressage rider. Uh, my assistant Mike, uh, rider, Mike Pendleton, is a top-class rider as well. And then uh, Philip's been helping out with the cross-country. And then I've had an Irish show jumper, Oliver McCarthy, come and schooling them over the jumps, the show jumps. So, um and then I got started riding again and I won everything. So I'm a bit embarrassed actually because <laughs> the horses, are, they're going better when I, was, uh, when I don't ride them. So, 
I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> um, so how have your injuries in the pandemic affected your outlook on the sport? How do you put it all into perspective with everything you've had going on this year? You know what, I've, I've been through it all. You know, I've been in this racket for 20, 25 years and I've experienced highs, I've experienced lows, I've gotten quite used to things never going to plan. And, you know, you just got to roll with the punches and uh, stay disciplined and stay mentally strong and understand that everything you plan for might get changed at the last minute. And um, this is just the life we've picked and um, we should be grateful that we're still able to do what we, we want to do with this uh, pandemic. And, um, yeah, like I said, just, just keep soldiering on and have this belief that eventually things are going to get it sorted out. And once they're sorted out, we're going to, we're going to be fit and strong and in way improved and, and come out blazing. And uh, I'm lucky I've got a, a positive young group of, you know, enthusiastic riders and helpers and uh, it's a real, you know, upbeat feeling at our farm here at Windura. And, um, you know, we're blessed with great horses, great owners, and um, you just got to take each day how it comes and try and make the most out of everything. You know, it's, I've seen a couple of riders throw all their horses out in the field and and drink beer you know and yeah I mean that will work but it's not like you're gonna you're not gonna come back better than you were like it's better off to maintain than rebuild that makes sense so we're excited to see the Blackfoot mystery your mount for the 2016 Rio Olympic Games is back and winning tell us a little bit about that yeah I mean Big Red he's, he's one of my favorites obviously and uh, I mean taking him to Rio was just I mean, he was so green there and, I mean, he fought so hard for me and, um, I, you know, I've never ridden a horse so tired. He was he was on absolute empty over the last three or four jumps at Rio and he just had that American thoroughbred heart that just kept going and going and going and then he just did everything he could the next day in the show jumping but it it definitely took something out of him. Like he uh, he left a piece of him there in Rio and... I got to say, when he got home, he was just depleted, and uh, it's taken a, a long time just to gently get him back to full health and full fitness. And I mean, he's such a cool horse. And uh, uh, yeah, rode him around a, an intermediate the other day there at Maryland, and he, he was just a champion. Like I've hardly hardly put a dressage saddle on him, and then he gets in the twenties and he show jumps clear and roars around the cross country. So uh, trying to just trying to set up a couple of horses behind Sester leg just in case um you know it's good to have a couple backup horses so i think um philip's going to be kind enough to ride him at at great meadow four star short for me just to keep you know more of a fitness run than anything uh, just so he's ready to go at morven park or or wherever the last four star long of the year is excellent so with the tokyo olympics on hold until next year how has that affected your training and showing schedule and just your life in general you know, like I said before, it's you just got to roll with the punches. And um, I mean, I love representing this country. It's sort of what I live for. But it's it's not the be all and end all. And um, you know, I had my heart set on the Olympics this year, and I, I felt that I had a horse that could really, really do well and get in there and maybe a chance at a medal. And and who knows if we're going to be in that position this time next year? So I mean, you just got to do the best you can and understand that this. This uh, plague or this virus is is um, bigger than the Olympics, and and also to try and find um, motivation and 
enjoyment in other things other than making a team because I've seen a lot of other riders just completely focus on making the, making the Olympic team. And, I mean, there's three people every four years make this team. So, I mean, the chances are you're going to miss out. And, uh, you know, I, I truly love training horses. I, I love, I'm still, it's a novelty being here in America and meeting new people. And um, we, um, I love developing our farm here in Pennsylvania. And uh, I get a real thrill out of a lot of things. And obviously the, the Olympics would be absolutely brilliant. To, but, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Has your philosophy changed so uh, somewhat as you've gotten older with your career? It seems like you've been recruiting Mike and your staff to ride some of the younger ones and being a bit more selective about you, what what you ride. Yeah, I mean, and that's part choice just to, you know, I think to beat or get competitive with Tim Price and Chris Burton is it requires mega focus on individual horses and you know, I think 10 years ago I was, had twice as many horses and take on all comers and um, riding. I remember I rode 19 horses at one event once. And it's wow. just and, – and the second part of it is, like, I don't think my body can take it anymore. Like, I've tried to, you know, spread the horses out um, at the other events. And then Michael, you know, I think having a, an assistant rider really concentrating on a young horse and – having the time to ride it twice before the dressage or that extra effort and energy of running through the test one more time. I think it's a, a better um, exper experience for the horse uh, to go with uh, my assistant rider, Mike, and then I concentrate on the upper-level horses. And to be honest, the hardest thing is it took the owners to get a little bit to understand this method. But, you know, Mike's now, uh, you know, he's a five-star rider and uh, he's proven himself that he can ride anything and, and he's a winner. And I think the owners are, are liking this sort of team environment where the younger horses get a little bit developed by Mike at the competitions. I'd still ride them at home and then, and then for me to try and zero in on these upper-level horses at the, uh, at the big ones. Boyd, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, no worries. It's uh, it's an honour and privilege to be on uh, on your talk show, mate. Because I uh, I follow your Chronicle of the Horse magazine. It's one of my favourites on my iPads. That's our show. Thanks for listening to the Chronicle of the Horse podcast. We really appreciate Boyd Martin for coming on our show. Thanks also to our sponsor, Cowboy Magic. Keep your hands silky smooth with Cowboy Magic's newest product, Cowgirl Magic Ultra Hydrating Cream. Olive oil hydrates dry skin while sesame oil enhances skin's elasticity, preventing future cracks and dryness. Contains a clean, light fragrance that all can enjoy. No more need to worry about slippery hands, as this cream absorbs completely into skin, leaving behind a true rider's grip. It's not easy being a cowgirl, but a little magic helps. Cowgirl Magic Ultra Hydrating Creams available now on Amazon.com. We look forward to our next episode in August, and you can expect new episodes in your feed every month. You can listen at www.cough.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please do follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cron of Horse. Thanks for listening.